Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 480. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, we've got Kevin Rakeshaw. Hey, Kevin. Hi. This week on the show, we'll be taking a look at Fool's Paradise, which is the directorial debut of Charlie Day. We'll also be going over some of what we've been watching on the watch list and new releases in theaters, VOD, and Blu-ray. Thank you so much for joining us this week. If you could review us on iTunes, that'd be great. Uh, with that, let's go ahead and hop on into Fool's Paradise. As I mentioned, this is directed by Charlie Day. I have a synopsis here. A down-on-his-luck publicist discovers a recently released mental health patient who looks just like a misbehaving movie star. The publicist subs him into a film creating a new star. But fame and fortune are not all they are cracked up to be. I like Charlie Day. I'll say that right off the right off the rip. I like Charlie Day. I like everybody in this movie. I did not like this movie. I think this movie might be one of the worst things I've seen this year. I I could barely watch it. I'll just I'll say that. Right out of the gate. Couldn't stand I'm, this movie. Couldn't stand it. <clears throat> I'm going to come out the gate right beside you. We're side by side. We have our arms locked out of the gate. Cause I, think, I, I feel exactly the same way. I think this movie is an unmitigated disaster. It is not funny. I can maybe see what Charlie day was kind of going for here. It almost seemed like he was trying to, you know, give a nod to Chaplin films or something where he plays this kind of, you know, he, he's basically like the tramp character. He, he doesn't talk and he is like very expression. He has a lot of expression in his face and that's how he, you know, uh, emotes, I guess. But the thing is like Charlie day is not Charlie Chaplin. Like they're just not, they're just not the same. And, and I mean, maybe, maybe this could have worked. Like maybe the concept could have worked if anything was happening in this movie that was interesting or entertaining, but it just wasn't like nothing was funny. Um, I think that the, I think that Charlie day's directing is left a lot to be desired. Like I, this movie was just such a mess from a directing standpoint. It was not very clean at all. It was, very unenjoyable to watch. And he tried to, you know, in- incorporate some little flourishes here and there. Uh, but none of those really worked from a visual standpoint either. Felt like a very old movie to me. Like it, it felt like it was something that would have been coming out in like the, er- like maybe the nineties or early aughts or something. Didn't, mm-hmm. didn't feel like a, like a modern film at all. Yeah. <clears throat> it it, it just it was just not good, man. <laughs> like it's just nothing about it. No, no, it's not good. I, there's a couple of things. Hey, I, I listened to the, it's always sunny podcast. Great podcast. And they, they kind of, he kind of talked about this movie a couple of times on there. And I just remember him talking about I guess like you know he shot it a while back and 
asking around for directors and stuff to try and get some help or you know some advice or whatever and one of them was that gave him the the advice of uh just scrap it just scrap it <laughs> just kill it move on with your life and he was like oh, i can't do that and watching it now i'm like man i can i can see how someone could come to that conclusion and deliver that advice because it it makes a lot more sense now it, it starts off with a bold choice okay because let's say we're talking about charlie day here who is great he's funny as hell but one of the, like the the best things about charlie day is his line delivery mm-hmm. like that's his whole thing so it's a bold choice to say i'm gonna i'm gonna eliminate that and i'm gonna play this like uh chaplin buster keaton type character like throwback which is like okay let's see you do that and the thing that was an it's just an absolute failure in my eyes is that like his his facial expressions like in terms of like acting there's just not a, really anything here he just makes like kind of the same face over and over again and it's not funny yeah yeah I I just I don't think the script is very good either. I think that if you're going for like a Chaplin Keaton thing, you need to have more like more physical comedy in there to help make up for the lack of dialogue coming from the main character. And I think that maybe what he was trying to do is include all all of the people that are that are in this character's orbit latte pronto uh, like all of those people are supposed to be doing the heavy lifting when it comes to the comedy but the the thing is that like none of them really have a whole lot to work with either like a lot of them are just like kind of playing caricatures and come off as being more just annoying like annoying cartoons than than funny like like adrian brody's character you know, plays this like kind of stereotypical, like pompous actor, like Hollywood actor type. And Ray Liotta is like the intense, like producer. May he rest in peace. Um, and it's just like nothing, like none of them were funny at all. Like they're all just so over the top. Yeah. But the worst part about this is that Charlie Day is his character is kind of like the co-lead because i i feel like i see uh ken jong a lot more in this movie oh yeah than charlie yeah and ken is annoying as shit yeah just absolutely annoying and i couldn't stand it the the whole yeah he plays this like agent or a pr person he's he's a publicist and He's like addicted to energy drinks. That's like the his whole thing. So he's like amped up the entire time, just going at a hundred percent the entire movie. And yeah, it uh wears out its welcome. It becomes grating very fast. Almost immediately, I would say. I like Ken Jong too, and this was just like yeah. it was it wasn't his fault. It was just the character, the way the character was written. It was, it was just too much, man. Yeah, that's way too much. And then on top of that, the the worst part, I think, all of those aspects of it are awful, right? But then the worst part is, is that it's this kind of like Hollywood satire type thing, 
And like that hasn't been done before. I know. It's just. We've actually. It's not biting. It's it's nothing. It's nothing. Like this, this movie, I feel like has already been made at least once or twice before. There was that, that Drew Barrymore movie that came out not too long ago that was a very similar kind of uh, plot where it was like, oh, it's a, somebody who looks like this famous person and let's have her like be this other person while the other one's in rehab or whatever. But so, yeah, not, it doesn't feel original. No. And it's just a shame because you do have a really great cast in here too. Like you have pretty much everybody from it's always sunny is in here, at least in a, in they at least have cameos and stuff. You have Kate Beckinsale as his wife and she's like, her character is so ridiculous in this. Um, Jason Bateman has a little role here Edie Falco is the agent but man like they just none of them have anything interesting to do or say Mm-mm. so it's all just it's all just so dreadfully boring to me because it wasn't entertaining I felt like I've seen it before it wasn't funny I, I didn't laugh a single time the only there, there was actually one slight laugh that I had. And it was the scene when he goes to the, um, the uh, shaman when he, when he goes to see the shaman who was like set up in his yard Mm. played by Jillian bell. Like that line where after she's done, she goes, okay, that'll be $6,000. That made me laugh, but it was more like a, you know, like a chuckle. Also Jillian bell is like, an objectively hilarious person. And I don't know, uh, the, like the common, by the time the common scene came up, I was so checked out of this movie. Oh, yeah. I just wanted it. To, <laughs> I wanted it to be over so bad. I was barely hanging on. And it's weird because like at a certain point, I think it's right before the common section shows up to me. I was just like, man, this is, it's not good. It's not awful. It's just not that funny. It's not that entertaining. And it's not even that it's not funny. Like, it wasn't that I was sitting there and being like, oh, wow, all these jokes are just falling flat. I just never registered anything as a joke, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, nothing yeah. felt like a, a, a humorous attempt. Mm-hmm. Part I'm just like, well, this is just, it is what it is. It's not great. It's not awful. It's whatever. The comment section shows up. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Well, it's starting to come off the rails a little bit. This is seems like a weird turn that we're making. And then the John Malkovich thing shows up. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, this is just a fucking disaster now. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is just. I don't even know what the fuck we're doing anymore. Yep. It it just gets it gets so messy and off the rails at that point. You're just like, okay, well. Because I think up until then. I would have been fine just being like, hey, you know, it's 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 not good. It's not for me. But I also don't think it's terrible. It's just extremely forgettable. But then that from common on, like the choices that were made just just 
took it just oof oof yep he got he got real bad real quick yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i think i don't know i think that uh you know i'm I, i'm not ready to like completely count charlie day out as a director but as a for his debut i think this was a pretty rough debut i i gotta say like yeah i I don't know if he'll continue directing you know i hope he learned a lot from from this one and and maybe his next one will be a little bit more mature but man this one is i cannot recommend this one at all no 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 thanks and not even from like a curiosity standpoint to be honest yeah it's yep it's uh it's pretty awful let's go ahead and give it a score uh this is a one out of ten for me straight up same here i hate it it. i (laughs) I almost i almost would have preferred it to be unmemorable and forgettable like that would have been the best outcome and it's just so stupid like so much of the stuff is so dumb like the how the Billy the Kid movie was in 3D for some reason, and then like the the next movie that he was in, the Mosquito movie, look, it just it was just so stupid. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. No thanks. Ugh. Yeah. No thanks. Just way way too over the top. Way too goofy. All right, let's uh try to forget about that one. Move on. Talk about some of what we've been watching. I think. I think it's my turn this week. Got a couple, got a couple things uh, that I can mention here. I'll start off with "To Catch a Killer." This is directed by Damien Zifron. Uh, this is a movie that I had no expectations for. It it had a a small release recently, and I feel like there was like really nothing nothing about nobody's talking about this movie. And the reason that I watched it is because I was just kind of in the mood for like a, like a, a thriller, a, th- a procedural thriller. And this one is about, you know, uh, a, 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 a police officer who gets recruited by an FBI agent to go after this serial killer. This, this prolific mass murderer. And, um, it turns out it's really freaking good. Uh, very surprising takes place in Baltimore. Uh, and you have Shailene Woodley and Ben Mendelsohn in here as the, the two leads Shailene Woodley plays a, she's like a beat cop, but it turns out that she's like super smart, but she has some behavioral issues that prevented her from becoming an FBI agent. She was actually trying to become an FBI agent and she couldn't pass the like uh, psychological evaluation. And Ben Mendelsohn sees like the promise in her. So he kind of recruits her as like a consultant or a liaison between the police department and, and the FBI as they tr- try to track down this, um, this killer. And it is uh, very well shot. Like lots of really good camera work in here. Uh, the movies, it's surprisingly stylistic in, in how it's shot and the, um, the mystery aspect of it, like the, the sort of cat and mouse thing is 
also very interesting where where it goes the killer is also very interesting so i definitely recommend to catch a killer it's got a super generic like crappy looking poster the title's mm-hmm. crappy um so don't let that dissuade you though this is actually worth looking looking out for the original title of this was misanthrope which is somehow even worse than to catch a killer interesting yeah because it did wild wild tales yep which i totally forgot about until until i just saw it now until yeah same same here interesting yeah it's on vod so yeah I'd, i'd say it's this is worth a look if you're if you're looking for like you know kind of a just a solid police procedural type of thriller yeah this one this one's worth a look and takes place in baltimore so instant bonus points for that yeah uh i went to the movie theater last weekend what yeah watch out went to the movie theater and i saw you hurt my feelings the new one from Nicole Hall of Senior with uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus, mm-hmm. and uh, quickly became apparent why I don't really go to the movie theaters that often. Oh, because there was one middle-aged dude that thought everything was fucking funny as hell. Oh, which is fine. You can laugh, but he was the guy that also likes to point out why it was funny. Oh no! So he's just a, he's a talkative guy. Just real talkative. Was he by himself or with someone? He was with his wife. Okay. It would have been I'm weirder sure. if he was by himself. Yeah, it would have been. But but either way, it was still... I enjoyed this movie. This is, like... There's something about... um, Just, like, a good... Like, middle-aged... It's not even really a drama. It's not really a comedy. It's just kind of like a life movie, mm-hmm. just like life stuff happening. That's like kind of funny, but not really. And it also, it's just Louis, uh, Julia Louis Strauss plays a writer, and she's written a new book. Things aren't going that great. At every turn, her husband has told her that like all of her drafts are phenomenal. They're great. Books great. Everything's gonna be fine. And then she just happens to overhear him talking to someone else and saying like how the book's not good he hates the book and there's nothing he can do about it because he can't he's got to keep the facade up because he's already said so many things and of course she's just absolutely destroyed by it and then it just plays that across different relationships whether it's uh her and her son and her and her husband her, her, her husband is a therapist and you know him and his clients his patients just that the uh the idea of of lying to people you know little white lies encouraging lies so to speak and it's just like that's the main theme and it's just very low stakes you know it's just it was an enjoyable day out at the movies except for that guy nice it's uh you hurt my feelings i'm i'm interested in this one i wanted to see this one so and i mean it's julia I mean, Julia's just, like, I enjoy watching her. Yeah, anything. Anything she's in. Like, yeah. Um, I saw the American Gladiators documentary. This is a, this is a 30 for 30 two-part documentary. Oh, yeah. It's phenomenal. Like, 
Uh, I loved American Gladiators growing up. I watched American Gladiators every every weekend as a kid. I was I just I couldn't. I loved the assault. That was like my favorite uh, game that they played. I thought that it looked like it was it would be so much fun to go through is that. that. Is it- is that the one with the tennis balls? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that was my favorite too. I wanted to do that so bad. Yeah, it was like it was like a Nerf. Basically, it looked like a like a cool ass like Nerf battle. And of course, I love the Eliminator at the end. You know the the big obstacle course that they go through at the end. Uh, but anyway, uh, this is a, a documentary, two part documentary directed by Ben Berman and Kirk C. Johnson. And it is, it goes through, you know, the history of American Gladiators, how it started. It started in Erie, Erie, Pennsylvania, by the way. Get out of here. Yeah. It's an, it was actually, it started as an iron workers union thing. So the, uh, there would be these big iron workers union picnics in Erie. And at these picnics, they would have these games and, those games became very, very popular. And one of the guys who designed a bunch of the games, like turned it into like an actual event in Erie, like a paid event that people could come spectate. And then another guy joined up with him and turned it into what we know of now as the, you know, the TV show. Incredible. Yeah. So it's a really, kind of fascinating story uh the the documentary gets into the history but it, it also kind of profiles a bunch of the different gladiators and tells their story it, it they they interview a bunch of the people who were contestants on the show um but it, it also is really interesting because it kind of turns into something a little bit different where you find out that like one of the creators has the life rights to to the other creator, so he's being prevented from being interviewed by the show or the documentary. And then, like, so there's this kind of, like, weird, shady stuff that starts to kind of bubble up. And then, like, you gradually find out more and more about, like, sort of hidden, like, these things that have been hidden and stuff. And, like, the, the this one, the, the one creator, he keeps trying to, like, sort of hijack the production of the documentary and like make all these suggestions and he gets like his lawyers involved to try to have these like ultimatums and specific things put into the documentary so like the documentary itself begins to like morph into something else and it's just really it's really well made um i I was really surprised it's more it's significantly more than just your standard sports documentary like 30 for 30 thing it's it's not um it's not like a straightforward info dump type of documentary talking head documentary it's significantly more than that <clears throat> i would say if you grew up with american gladiators if you liked american gladiators check it out even if you didn't you know it's it's still a an insanely um compelling two-part series and and i would definitely recommend it it's on espn plus um i saw on hulu i think i have espn plus with hulu i don't know if that like if everybody has that or i don't know but this was the guy who directed the amazing jonathan documentary a few years ago which was also uh really incredible he's a he was a tim and eric guy 
he started Captain. with uh, Tim and Eric. So, so there, there is like this kind of, yeah, it, it's, it's, you know, a little off kilter. So it's, it's definitely got more comedy in it than you might expect. So gotcha. yeah, highly recommend it. American gladiators documentary. Check it out on probably Hulu. I, again, not sure how that all works these days. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a nightmare. The only thing I can think of now with the American Gladiators now is Serengeti's Kenny Dennis always rapping about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nitro into the wall. Yep. Nitro wasn't in this. They talked about Nitro. Malibu was one of the main subjects that they that they talked to. I'm not talking about Nitro. Well, there's a whole thing with that. Oh, boy. Yeah, there's okay. there's there's, there's a bunch of drama involving that and like why nitro didn't want to be in classic nitro yeah (laughs) classic nitro hey i watched the classic segue goonies richard donner's goonies the goonies sorry the goonies yeah the goonies get it right get it right or pay the price yes i watched this because my wife has never seen it and i'm starting to think that maybe i never saw it either where I guess it was, it's been so long because it, it felt very new to me, at least certain parts of it, right? Uh, a lot of the parts of this movie, I mean, even if you have, you haven't seen it, you have seen it. You know how that goes? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big time. Like, it's definitely one of those movies that we grew up with that, you know, was on TV a, a million times. But yeah, it's probably one of those movies that. If I were to watch it now, I, there would probably be parts of it that I'd be like, eh, did, wait, did I actually see this movie? Yeah, yeah that's kind of how it was for me. Because I'm like, oh, I remember this part of it, but I don't remember this part. But it was it was uh, fairly enjoyable to watch this front to back for maybe perhaps the first time ever in my life. And it's just, it's it's perfect. It's yeah, what you it want really is. from a adventures movie. Like, it's just... It's perfect. It's pretty much. I I don't. There's nothing. There's nothing to say about it. I, it was surprising. I mean, I guess not surprising. It being eighty five, but man, just like fucking hell, chunk. They just they like yeah. God, they are so fucking mean to that kid. Yeah. Fucking sucks. That poor kid. That was the only thing that I was just like wow. This movie is really mean to Chunk. It is. Yeah, they were. They're kind of bullies. They were just bullies. They were. They were a and little bit just, on the heavier side, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, oh, man, Chunk. I just wish he had better friends, you know? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. If, I mean, if you haven't seen Goonies, <laughs> I don't, you got to see it. For maybe one or two of you listening who haven't seen Goonies, check it out. I saw Shopping, this is the last one I'll mention, Shopping by Paul W.S. Yes. Anderson. The update, because I just listened to the, the Saved by the 90s, and you were like, oh, I'm going to watch Shopping. I did, yeah, it, that's that's what it is born from. It is born from us talking about Paul W.S. Anderson on the uh, 90s podcast, and one of the few Paul W.S. Anderson movies that I have not seen is Shopping, which was his debut. and uh, This came out in 1994, and it is it it, it kind of has all the hallmarks of a like a 90s directorial debut it was uh 
the ambition of it was way beyond its budget, clearly, and it it, it features uh, this uh, this great like kind of EDM soundtrack. In fact, that Orbital song that's in Hackers and Mortal Kombat plays. Yeah, it it plays no fewer than four times in this movie, so that's that's great. Incredible. Yep. There is a an EDM version of Smells Like Teen Spirit that happens in this movie, and it's during a classic 90s industrial club scene that involves, like, mm-hmm. no lights, dark um, uh, uh, catwalks, you know, lots of metal catwalks, and uh, chains, like, hanging chains from the ceiling everywhere. So, Always chains. Yeah. Amazing 90s club scene. Um, you have people in this who look like they're about 12 years old, including Jude law. He looks so young in this movie, uh, him along with Sean Bean, Jonathan price, um, Jason Isaacs is in here who also looks incredibly young. Jason Isaacs plays this like black market trader kid with like a backwards hat on and stuff. And he just, it's just so weird to see. Jason Isaacs is like a uh, a teenager, basically. Um, same with Sean Purdy. Pert, Pertwee um, looks super young in this. But anyway, this movie is about the like it takes place in this like kind of nondescript city that is overrun with crime and the like the 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 kids like the youth they're kind of just taking over the streets and you have these like gangs of kids who what they do is they um they crash cars into storefronts and then steal everything they can before the cops come and that's like their whole their whole shtick and jude law plays this this guy who just gets out of prison and goes back to to doing his old tricks with uh you know smashing through storefronts and stealing stuff. So it takes place in this kind of weird fictional almost dystopian world. It's not like a it's not like the future or anything like that, but it it does feel like not our own world necessarily. Um but it's it's awesome. I I had a blast with this movie the this this, the soundtrack it just oozes that kind of indie 90s feel and uh yeah had an absolute blast with it i think that i mean after seeing this i can kind of see like why paul ws anderson's career kind of took off um i don't know if this is like my favorite movie of his i think it's probably his best movie just because it looks great like the camera work and the cinematography is great the like set design and stuff is really good um and it just doesn't feel as glossy as his later movies would would become but yeah just an interesting career of this guy but i definitely recommend shopping check that out hey i have one that i can recommend also classic also, never saw it. The Evil Dead, nineteen eighty one. Sam Raimi. You ever heard of this? Uh, I I think I have. Yeah, I think I've I've heard of this one. Bruce Campbell. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Bruce. Mm-hmm. Bruce Campbell. Yep. 
plays a guy named Ashley. That's the guy from Burn Notice, right? Was he in Burn Notice? Yeah, he was like the best friend, right, from Burn Notice? Oh, okay. I don't know. I never watched Burn Notice. God, I hated that show. Never watched it. But I, hated <laughs> I hated it. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, well, I hated it, too. That was the joke. I guess it didn't land. <laughs> but no, I just, he threw me because I didn't know if Bruce Campbell was actually in Burn Notice. Pretty sure it was. Thanks for, I always learn things from you. Really I should have said the adventures of Briscoe County Jr. That's what I should have oh, said. Of course. <laughs> that of course. That would have been a deeper oh, cut. <laughs> I forgot all about that fucking show. Sweet Jesus. Well, this is, this is Bruce Campbell in the evil dead 1981 and uh i was quite surprised by this like i knew going into it that it was probably going to be fairly entertaining because it's such a like classic right mm, yeah so I, I feel like uh all of those people can't be wrong like there has to be something here right but i was surprised by a the filmmaking like the camera work and everything was just phenomenal i just loved just like the look of it the camera work everything and of course the the effects the effects are disgusting just absolutely disgusting and it just kept getting more and more disgusting <laughs> which was fantastic i absolutely loved it i love that the story is just really not a whole lot nah, it's yeah. just like hey we woke up something shit deal with it yep and then, like that's it and it's great i just I have absolute blast with this fucking thing I don't know if there's like any kind of like making of documentaries on this or anything. I, I remember. So Bruce Campbell's autobiography, he talks uh, at length about the making of this movie and it's a really fascinating movie to learn about how it was made just because they had no budget. There was like no budget on this movie. It was literally just a bunch of friends who had this idea for a movie and decided to just, go for it. And it's just, it's so crazy to see like what they were able to do with the limitations that they had. And, and like, I mean, when you see it, like the camera work and stuff is crazy. And like the, the like inventions that they had to come up with to get those like specific camera shots, like the, of the, you know, the, the evil that's like the, the F the first person, view mm-hmm. that they do and stuff um just really really fascinating now you got to see evil dead too oh yeah no i'm really i'm gonna try and hold out though and try and watch these more towards uh when we get to halloween season have you seen well have you seen army of darkness uh i feel like i watched that with you is that one feel- yeah that one i feel like yeah I had to at some point. I mean, you were so obsessed with these movies. <laughs> I was. You know what I mean? Like, I had to see something at some point. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of I kind of was, really. I saw Army of Darkness when I was really young, and I just, I was so in love with, this, with that I movie. Did, I think it was so incredible. I remember, was it, did you have, what was the one that came, like, in the Book of the Dead? Like, didn't you the, have, like, both- a DVD? Yeah, both Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 had these, like, Book of the Dead editions yeah. that came in these, like, kind of rubbery uh, books. I still have them, by the way. Nice. I thought by now that the rubber would have, uh, like, hardened and got all gross, but so far they're, like, still 
in decent shape. And the one when you press it, it screams. <laughs> there's like a little, there's like a little uh, speaker in it, and you press the eye, and it screams. Yes, phenomenal. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I I love the whole Evil Dead series. Really, Evil Dead Two. I'll, I'll just be interested to hear what you think of Evil Dead Two because it's it, it's essentially a remake of the first one. And I'll just be curious okay. to hear, because like I like the second one more, but I'm wondering like how you'll, what you'll think about it. Interesting. I look forward to it. Yeah. Uh, anything else you got? Uh, uh, one, which is just real quick. It's called Next Exit. It's on Hulu. It's directed by Molly Elfman. That name kind of rings a bell. That's because it's Danny Elfman's daughter. Mm. This movie is bad. It's so bad. I hate it. I hated this movie. It's not like it's not like um aggressively bad or anything that like it's not a mess or anything. It's just it's just so incredibly dull. Mm. And I'm just uh, like I'm losing my patience with movies that are dull. I it's find just, that like, too actually. Like they just irritate the shit out of me. Like they make me angry. I feel it feels like more of a waste of my time when they're dull like when it's a bad movie i don't know i feel like it doesn't waste my time as much as a dull movie does yeah i I agree i have that same feeling it's just it's just it's about uh they learn that goes to real like they have evidence that goes to real and so there's this like um like scientific experiment type thing going on where these people are traveling to like commit suicide so they can go to the afterlife right and but what it turns out to be is two people trying to get there so it's like plane trains and automobiles to the to their suicides right and they don't like each other they don't get along and then it just turns into this like really ridiculously sappy just absolutely boring rom-com yeah uh. yeah it's oh boy it was rough it sounds awful yes it is all right well that's next exit avoid that fuck it don't watch it let's take a look at what we have in theaters this week uh the the biggie the big one is transformers rise of the beasts so new transformers yeah yeah trent it's like uh remember the beast wars transformers series it was like that really bad CG one. Nope. No. They're turning that into like the next live action movie. Looks like this one's set in the 1990s. Whoa. There's like a, a transformer that's like a giant cheetah. Yeah. Like the whole shtick with the these is they're all like animals. What? Mm-hmm. They're not cars anymore? <laughs> Uh, not the Beast Wars ones. They're all based on animals. They obviously started to run out of ideas at the toy factory and, you know, we're like, hey, let's uh, take the whole idea of Transformers and they're, they're robots in disguise. You can't really disguise the robot when it's like a giant gorilla. It doesn't yeah. look like a real gorilla. <laughs> it looks like a robot gorilla. Like, what's That's the point massive. of transforming? You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, because this cheetah's like twice the size of a car. I mean, like one you take one look at it and you're like, well, that's not a cheetah. Yeah, yeah. The Robot. whole the whole Beast Wars thing is ridiculous and 
clearly they were just struggling to come up with new ideas to sell more Transformers. But I don't know. Maybe the movie will be good. Who knows? Maybe it'll be awesome. I haven't seen, I don't know, any of the, I don't know how many Transformers there are at this point. I fell off after, I think, the second or third one. I think I, yeah, I didn't like the second one at all, but I saw it, the third one just to just to see if maybe the, the series could keep me, and I hated, absolutely hated the third one. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how many there have been since then. I think there have been like two more since then. So yeah, I'm um, I'm not interested in this at all. So I'll 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 see what happens. Maybe if it if people like it, maybe I'll check it out on VOD. Otherwise, I'll uh, skip this one along with the other ones. Uh, we also have Strays coming out in theaters. This is like uh, you know, like uh, look who's talking now or one of those movies where it's like you know talking animals animals that can talk and um but it's but the but the whole thing here is that it's dirty oh no yeah it's r-rated it's by the guy that did barb and star yeah that's that's interesting yeah so will Will ferrell yeah will forte jamie fox yeah i mean who hasn't been sitting around and been going, you know what I need a movie of? A Boston Terrier with a dirty mind. Yeah. That swears, probably. I bet you that Boston Terrier swears. Yeah, he probably drops the F-bomb all over the place, man. That dog's probably crazy. I, I really wish dogs could swear more. That'd be cool. You know what? I'll probably see this, not in the theater, but I'll probably check it out on VOD might be might be worth a few laughs who the hell knows right who who knows i have an idea <laughs> <laughs> on vod this week starting with june 6th we have hollywood dreams and nightmares the robert england story i guess that's a documentary about uh robert england mm-hmm. we got film the living record of our memory uh, it's documentary explores film through the voices of significant professionals who have contributed to make sure moving images survive and remain accessible okay good good cause there on june 9th we have heroes of the golden masks or just mask on the the title here it says masks with an s but i'm looking on the poster and it just says like mask singular mm-hmm. just one uh, so i guess this is a, it's an animated movie okay we've got unidentified objects we've got 97 minutes we've got devil row devil row um we have the angry black girl and her monster we got dolly land i guess that's about salvador dolly it looks like uh it looks like Ben Kingsley's playing Salvador Dali. Mary Heron directed. Interesting. What? what? Haven't seen her haven't in a while. In a long time. Yeah. It is interesting. On uh, Netflix, we have You Do You. That's coming out on the 9th. That's eh, about all I see here for, for VOD. A Blu-ray. This week we got 
the Indiana Jones movies are getting re-released in 4K. I don't know if they were already on 4K, but I'm sure that you know this is because of the new the new one that's that's coming out. Yeah, I might I might have to maybe watch that finally. What, Indiana Jones. Yeah, you've never Should seen. Check Wait, no. Should I check that out? You've never seen any of the Indiana Jones movies? Nope. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes, you have to see Indiana Jones. The okay. the original trilogy, the first three. They okay. are, they're all incredible. Don't start with the Shia LaBeouf one. Uh, no. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? Okay. No. Um, that one is, is definitely not not worth a worth looking at oh my god that's crazy yes please i i really want to hear your thoughts on the indiana jones movies i'm going to be re-watching them also like in preparation for the new one just because it's been a while since i've seen them okay uh renfield's mm-hmm. coming out on blu-ray i'd skip that one private parts from 1972 that's not the howard stern one but uh looks like a, a horror movie which i'm actually kind of interested in. I'm going to check this out. The Mummy Trilogy. Uh, Giallo Essentials. Box set. Coming out on yeah. a- coming out on Arrow. Let's see what this includes. This is the Blue Edition. Uh, the Forbidden Photos of a Lady Above Suspicion. Death Walks on High Heels. And Death Walks at Midnight. So it's three movies. Great looking box set. Uh, I believe so. These are all movies that were previously released. Uh, they just put I think, them in yeah, one box. yeah, they're just putting them in one box because I think I actually own yeah. all three of these individually. So it's not nice. make it a little more portable, a yeah, more mobile. Take it to your buddy's house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We got the Strangler from 1964. Warriors 2 from 1978. That's going to be on Arrow. Warriors 2. Quite the cover there. Hmm. It's a Sammo Hung. All right. Yeah. That looks interesting. Chucky 7 movie collection. Wow. That's a little less portable. Yeah, that's... uh, It's got like... It was in, it, that's interesting because I, I believe... There was there was another box set that came out for Child's Play back in the day, and I remember buying it, and it didn't come with the first Child's Play because I, I think that those were they were like different studios or something, but I guess they that that got worked out or something because this has all this has Child's Play one two three Bride of Chucky Seed of Chucky. Curse of Chucky and Cult of Chucky. So all of the like mainline Child's Play movies, not the reboot that came out a couple years ago, which is good that they didn't include that. It was not good. Uh, that's pretty much it. What do you? What about Criterion's? We have one. That's been the Criterion Collection for a long time, and that's Rules of the Game from 1939. Getting that 4K upgrade, UHD 4K. And it's just a laundry list of special features. My goodness. 
it just keeps going you just keep scrolling that web page there's another bullet point we're on one right after the other seems like you're definitely getting your money's worth with rules of the game nice check it out rules of the game do it uh, all right that's gonna do it for this week thank you so much for listening you can send us your questions and topics to podcastfilmpulse.net you can follow us on twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin and if you have a moment consider reviewing us on itunes that'd be great for kevin rakestraw my name is adam patterson we'll see you next week